everybody, you're listening to The Rock Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rock bondage. Rock bondage is edge play with inherent risk, and we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to our episode zero on safety and consent in rope before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom. We're rope partners and have been practicing together for about five years. We live in Bangkok and love to share our passion for rope with a wider community. And Maya, today's episode is sponsored by Friction Live once again. Friction Live offers a variety of kink classes, mostly centered around rope and things you can do to complement your rope. You can follow along from pretty much anywhere as long as you have the internet. And you can either view the class live or you can watch it recorded later at your convenience. So please check them out on frictionlive.ca. Lovely. And today we have a rope touristing episode. Uh, it's been a lot harder to rope tourists recently. It has. I miss it. Yeah. Um, I haven't left the country in a very long time, which is very unusual. You used to be on like 150 flights a year or something crazy. <laughs> 100, like 120, yeah, but no flights for a whole year. Hmm. Um, but luckily in Thailand, we had a period where we had no pandemic cases for a long time. And during that, we were able to attend uh, a local rope and latex event in Bangkok. And that was very fun. It was. And so we're sharing our learnings and experiences in the episode. Yeah. So that was between the first and the second wave of COVID, basically, in Thailand. Uh, for the many listeners who don't know what the situation was in, in Thailand, there was a long lull where we had no cases at all. And then it picked up again. So yeah. what, what we're talking about was before that so rest assured your listeners that <laughs> it was uh, safe in terms of uh, not putting anyone at risk yeah in yeah. that sense so set the scene for us fox what um what was the event it was situated in a latex and fetish shop of which we don't have many no not in I, Bangkok. I would say that would be or thailand possibly the latex and fetish shop in yeah. thailand uh, which is honestly super beautiful. It's very modern and clean and a bit industrial, I guess, mm -hmm. in terms of looks. Like brushed metal on the floor, a lot of chrome, uh, glass display cases, that sort of thing. How would you describe it, Maya? Yeah, I think that's a good um, description. Um, and it also sells uh, a lot of latex. Mm -hmm. uh, quite affordable latex, um, I think, considering... Yes. Um, and premium impact and sex toys. Yeah, there are a lot of very beautiful toys made of stainless steel and so on. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and I think they mostly produce locally, which is why they can manage to be affordable. Yeah. And the event that we went to was a fetish wear and latex evening. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a, an exploration for us of, of fetish versus kink. So there was a lot of rubber, obviously latex, mm -hmm. um, lycra, school uniforms. They really like their school uniforms yeah. and military uniforms in Thailand. A lot they? of uniforms, yeah. And in Thailand, you wear a uniform for university mm -hmm. um, as well as school. And so um, that's an interesting thing that we learned because in the UK... There's no uniform after sort of 16, 17. Hmm. And there's also uniforms for the teachers in Thailand. And sometimes mm. people dress up as teachers. I don't know if in America or in the UK, teachers wear uniform. I don't think they not do. Not really, not really. Um, and there was leather as well. There was a little bit of leather, but for um, 
temperature and climate reasons, leather is not very easy to keep in Thailand, is it, Maya? No, no. Well, even latex needs a lot of uh, attention and care. Mm. Um, and it was a more male event. Definitely. Um, in fact, I think we could say that the majority of the clientele of that shop is a gay male. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously a handful of other uh, fetish and kinksters from the um, local scene, including us. Mm-hmm. So there was lots of ambiance, uh, yes. light, smoke, nice music, people. A lot of people considering. Yeah, it's a, not a huge shop and it was packed. <laughs> and the shape is a bit that of a corridor, it's a fairly narrow mm. rectangle. So as soon as you have a crowd in there, it can get pretty uh, packed, I suppose. Yeah, you can't really move around so much. Yeah, and we'll talk about that a bit later when we talk about the play that we did. Um, one of the things that we enjoy about this shop is that the proprietor um, has a really um, positive interaction with the community and is really creating that community. We've been to other events that he's put on Mm -hmm. and we want to support um, him doing that. And he's very supportive of us doing group at his shop as well. Yeah, he is. He is. He's always very, um, very keen. And later in the night, we did see some uh, nice role play from the clientele, mostly male on male. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw TKs, karatas, chest harnesses, a lot of uh, top top heavy rope. More more for... Um, what do you mean by top heavy? I mean like physically on the top okay. of the bottom as opposed to... <laughs> on the top of the bottom. Yeah. Okay, that's funny. On the upper, po- on the upper body. Yeah, on the upper body. Uh, and um, they seem to use it to complement their uh, uniforms and costumes yeah, and so yeah. on. Uh, they were actually quite skilled, um, which can come as a bit of a surprise because they're not really part of the rope scene as we know it. In as Bangkok. we know it, yeah. Uh, which I think is an interesting lesson everywhere is that just because you know a number rope of it. people who do rope doesn't mean you know every person who does rope in your city. Absolutely. You can always be surprised at what you happen upon. Yeah. So one of the things we saw that evening was a rope performance because it was a yes. latex and rope night so Mm -hmm. tell us a bit about that fox so it was a one of our local female rope artists Mm -hmm. and she was tying her male partner so it's always nice to see female tying male in my opinion it's a bit less common in certain parts maybe she was dressed with a black jacket on top of uh, black lingerie and stockings, which was a really nice look. Mm, she looked great. It was classy, but sexy. It gave her uh, a lot of confidence, a lot of presence, mm. I guess. It was very nice. Whereas her male bottom was dressed in a black lycra suit. Yep. So he was kind of faceless because he had the lycra all over him. Mm-hmm. And that is a nice color to have the rope show on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting because although it was a rope and latex um, evening, it wasn't really a rope crowd overall. It was a much more fetish wear. Absolutely. Um, So she did a good job of um, introducing people to rope without it being too um, intimidating, I guess. Yeah, she kept it uh, light, I suppose, which was probably good context awareness on her part given the crowd that day but she had a great connection with her bottom who i believe is actually her partner Mm -hmm. and her personality really uh shone shone through Mm. and she used the music very well Uh, it was floor rope so um it was really nice nice to watch 
And the way the space was set up was interesting because there was a gallery overhead. So people were looking down at the performance from upstairs from one side and people were on the floor level also from two other sides. So she had to deal with an audience that was on three different sides, which means if you want your audience to be able to see what you're doing as a performer, you have to be mindful of that. You have to transition and move your own body so you don't block the bottom all the time. Yeah, she did a great job. And she did very, very well at that. Um, and then you um, tied uh, somebody who was actually wearing latex. We right. weren't, we should say, we did not wear latex. That's true. We do not um, own any latex at this point in time. We do not own latex and neither, I suspect, will we ever. Um, it is I mean, a very... Never say never, Maya. True. Maybe We've... we'll find you a beautiful latex spiker costume at some point. <laughs> a, there's a picture. Um, latex... We've we've done some classes and research, and for mm-hmm. us, it is extremely high maintenance, and we don't have the time, equipment. We're interest. lazy, is what you're trying to say. Honestly, we're a bit too lazy. You know to what? I co- coiled 45 coils of rope yesterday for you, mm-hmm. so I don't feel like I'm super lazy, but I don't really <laughs> want to add latex care. When it's not something where... And to be fair, you also do the boot blacking of yeah. our leather toys. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, so you tied on latex. So tell us about that. I believe it was the first and indeed only time so far that yeah. I have tied someone wearing latex. Yeah. And she was wearing a full cat suit, I yeah. believe. You've tied people in a latex hood before, but not them wearing latex on their body. I have, but the rope didn't go on the face Mm. and head and didn't touch the latex. So it was a bit different. I had done my homework for that occasion. I had had um, some tips from EM who Mm -hmm. had experienced tying over latex and I'd ask him uh, what to do or not to do. So I had some information going in. And what I was trying to do while I was tying this person wearing latex is be very mindful of pinches and burns and anything that could damage the latex. Because one thing we quickly got to understand by talking to latex people is that to them, their latex suit is much more than just a garment. Mm. It is, first of all, something that costs a lot of money a lot of the time and takes a lot of time to prepare and clean and so on. And also for a lot of them, there's a really strong emotional investment. Yes. And so as the rigger, I feel you need to be really careful to not damage that beautiful and expensive piece of equipment they're wearing. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. We want to continue making this podcast for you for a long time. And to do that, we need your support. Please go to ropepodcast.com to buy rope video lessons from experts so we get a small commission on your purchase at no extra cost to you. In addition, a really great way to help us is donating on Patreon. A one-time amount or a monthly pledge that can be as little as the cost of your morning coffee makes a big difference to us. And you will gain cool perks like behind-the-scenes photos and the ability to vote on future podcast topics. Go support us on ropepodcast.com because you love rope too. So what did you do to make sure you didn't uh, damage it? I was very slow in pulling the rope through, really trying not to scrape and burn the surface of the suit. And I tied much more loosely than I would normally. I tend 
two tie on the tighter side. You do, I would confirm. Uh, but on this occasion, I was very mindful to lower my tension by a good amount and create less uh, stress when pulling the rope through. Um, and what about your rope? Because my uh, understanding is that often latex has a lot of lube on it yes, to keep it shiny. absolutely. Different types of lube. I think silicone lube is one that is uh, commonly used. Um, I think you need to be mindful which rope you're using in that case. Here I was using what we call the travel rope, which is a set of rope that's a bit more expendable. Uh, nowadays, I might use my nylon for an application like that because nylon rope is very easy to clean. I would, in that case, uh, first have a look at how nylon and latex interact because I know that nylon has a higher friction temperature. I can confirm that on the skin, nylon burns much more quickly and easily than hemp. Mm -hmm. And the rope burns from nylon look quite different from the rope burns from hemp, so clearly... Something's, uh, something's different there. So what I would do maybe is test it on a piece of, uh, a piece of latex. Like if you have an old bit of latex uh, lying around, you could uh, run some tests with that and see how it reacts with different types of rope. But definitely I would not use a very precious, irreplaceable uh, set of rope when tying someone who's uh, covered in lube. Mm -hmm. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Uh, so what else did you do or experience when tying on latex? How did it feel to you? It felt interesting. It was definitely different because the latex creates a barrier between you and the partner, which means the touch mm. is not perceived in the same way. And I think for the bottom, it changes how they feel the pressure from the rope on their body and also how they feel the touch from the rigger's hands and body. And as the rigor, obviously, you're not touching skin and flesh. You're touching this different material that has a different feeling altogether. And it's more than just clothes, isn't it? Because it's much thicker. It definitely does not feel like tying over clothes. And yeah, it behaves it behaves differently. And it gives a feeling of potentially objectification or if not that at least transformation the person dressed fully in latex does not feel the same as tying the same person without the latex mm. definitely also aesthetically it was very interesting because the latex was a reflective surface it was like a mirror and the shop is set up with a lot of different light sources that change colors and it's and move around was a bit like a disco like that yeah. and then all the different lights reflecting on the latex suit were really interesting visually yeah yeah and all of that i think contributed to giving a doll or marionette type of look to the person in the suspension and yeah i found, I found that quite interesting all right and we did a scene as well um mm -hmm. or we did some rope play yeah not with latex in our not case. with latex no but um as it was a rope and latex night, we checked in with the proprietor to make sure he was comfortable us chewing some rope. I think we were dressed appropriate. We were fetish dressed. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what did we tie? We tied a gravity boot on one of your ankles mm -hmm. and a futo momo on the other side because uh, at that time you had an injury on your other ankle. So you couldn't really do a gravity boot on both sides as we've done sometimes. So it was an asymmetrical tie. 
and then you had the chest harness and you had the hip harness because you were wearing a skirt and you were a bit worried about your skirt uh, flipping over in the inversion. Yeah, I don't love my knickers out in a proper public environment. <laughs> so we used the hip harness to basically fix the skirt and so it wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah. And we started tying on the cold metal floor. Which um, was very clean. Very so clean, one, but uh, less comfortable. One. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a bit harder to kneel or sit on the hard metal floor for a long time. Yeah. Um, and to get up into the um, uh, suspension mm-hmm. was a bit challenging. Um was not, not very uh, graceful. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to use my hands to push us up. Um, but it wasn't a performance. We were doing play for us, so we weren't doing it to show other people. Yeah, we're not so much into the performing aspect of rope. We enjoy watching performances, but don't, we don't really perform ourselves. No. Although we often enjoy playing in a semi-public setting, we're just more doing a scene. And then if people are interested in watching that, they can. But it's not the same thing as planning a whole performance, is it? No. Um, and in fact, I rarely know what we're going to do. So there's no planning from my perspective. Mm. Um, and so what did you do? So I, I went up into the gravity boot and futo into mm-hmm. an inversion. What did you do then? And then I folded you over by pulling your chest harness up. So your legs were pulled up in the inversion. And then I brought your upper body up as well, folding you into. Yeah. So basically I did a full roll over mm-hmm. until the grav boot came down mm-hmm. the other side. Yeah. Um, uh, so in this environment, we had quite a few learnings around doing rope in one of our most public, maybe not the most public, but one of the most public places. Yeah, I think definitely when we did a suspension at that hotel party that had 400 guests, it was more public than that. Yeah. Um, but... We learned some things. So one is, as we said, we're not performers. Mm -hmm. And when people are filming you, which they were, uh, there were a lot of photos. And we knew that. So we had gone in. In in Asia, you have to expect that people will be taking photos and videos with their phones. I don't know how it is in other parts of the world. But I would say be safe and wear a mask or whatever level of concealing equipment you're comfortable with. Because that's the only way you can guarantee your privacy yeah and we have our masks um you just don't have any control over people Hmm. Uh, it's it's much easier to focus on the things you can control than expect other persons to be controlled for you yeah um we talked about the environment a bit and the floor Uh, Mm -hmm. we put a towel down to try and mark our space our scene space out a bit Hmm. um but it was it's not a very big space. One of the reasons we did the suspension we did, I think, is because you were trying to use that small, narrow... Oh, absolutely. The The size and the shape of the space we had is what dictated the positions we did. Yeah. Um, and for me, as an introvert, I find that particular environment very overstimulating because mm. there's a lot of lights. Um, there's a huge amount of music. People were treading on me and you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, and, it and was... to be fair, it's not kink people who were there, so you sure. can't expect them to have the level of education that people going to a kink party might have about things like 
don't disturb the scene, stay a certain distance from the scene, and, and so. But and also, there's not. They have to be able to walk past. Yeah, and so. it's not very wide to begin with. Uh, and it was freezing. Oh, it was so cold. So we weren't wearing latex and everyone else pretty much was, or mm-hmm. they were wearing very full-on costumes. And because of that, the um, air conditioning is turned up very high mm-hmm. and I was freezing. And that does impact my pain tolerance. Um, it's both hard to be tired, hard to deal with the pain of a tie. And I think you found it quite hard to tie as well in that cold. Yeah, I don't do well with cold in general. That is one of the core reasons why I moved to Thailand. <laughs> but yeah, that, that particular night, the aircon was on full blast for the reasons you've mentioned. And I, I struggled with it a bit. I decided to take my socks off. <laughs> and then my feet were like two icicles the whole time. Yeah. And uh, that yeah. was a bit of a no-win situation though, because if I'd kept my socks on, then I would have been slipping all over the brushed metal floor. So that wouldn't have been great either. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also quite hard to hear. So um we had a couple of miscommunications mm. in that instance. So there was one around the grab boot and lifting a grab boot. And I meant stop lifting just that grab boot and you thought stop the scene. Yeah. Um, uh, to be fair, I do have a hearing deficit, which doesn't help in any situation. But, but I don't think it was just that. The, yeah. the environment was very noisy for both of us. And uh, another, um, not quite miscommunication, but area where we struggled was around our aftercare needs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very difficult to have decent aftercare where you connect with the other person in, in what I need in that kind of space. Oh, absolutely. Um, and once again, with people who are not from a kink culture, they don't really understand what aftercare is or why we would need it. Yeah. So yeah. they don't necessarily hold the space for you to be able to do that. So what we ended up doing is uh, walk out of the shop and stay on the street for a little bit where it was warmer and quieter. And that was probably a good uh, a good move. And also we discovered that the shop sells hot chocolate, which is very nice. The hot chocolate was helpful. That was very helpful. Um, the other piece around the uh, scene space is that there's a lot of beautiful and expensive things around. There's a glass oh, case. Yeah. Um, and for me as a bottom, I'm terrified of like Crashing into accidentally. Things. Exactly. And yeah. you have to manage that space as the top. Yeah. And to um, be fair, yeah, we were inches from very fragile very pricey things the whole yeah, time so yeah um and you had your travel rope kit so mm-hmm. we we've um worked to set that up to be a pack that we um, yeah we've got that done pretty good so, so what's in your pack uh basically i have what's necessary for me to set up two hard points so i do that with carabiners i have some extra beaners i have my 18 cores of rope because i found that is the quantity that, that the works just in for me. case yeah I often end up using all of it, but yeah. I've uh, I've never needed more than that for tying a single person in suspension, and that's including the uplines. Uh, we have a towel that we put down to mark our space. We have obviously our cutting tool. Don't go out of the house without one. I think we have two actually. At we least. do have two, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're very clearly marked with uh, fluorescent bright colors, orange, yeah. bright bright fluor orange, so we can find it easily and also it's always in the exact same place so we don't have to look for it uh and then we have things like snacks and a first aid kit and so on so we grab that backpack and we know we're ready to go for a rope yeah, uh, yeah. outside or 
play space. So overall, how did you find this um, rock touristing of mixing kinks? So exploring that latex with our rope. I think it was really interesting and I love exploring new places and new moods and new environments in which to do rope. And I also like um, to do a bit of community outreach, I guess. And often people come to us after the fact and say, oh, that was beautiful. What is that? I've never seen that before. And be able to have those conversations with people who have never had a chance to see rope bondage. Okay, so by doing rope in these new environments, you can introduce more people to rope. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's something I enjoy a lot. And also in the other directions, people who have different fetishes, um, different interests also can talk to us and that helps us understand better how their kinks work. Absolutely. And latex, as we said, isn't necessarily something we want to do ourselves as individuals, Mm -hmm. but we're very happy to interact and play with others who are into it, like you tying uh, the bottom who was wearing latex. And at a different event, I've actually been tied by a rigger wearing latex. Yeah, how was that for you? Yeah, it was fine. (laughs) I think it um, has less impact if you're the bottom, but the touch uh, of their skin against mine um, was obviously a bit different. But Mm. generally, I think he was very hot is what I would say. Mm. (laughs) I realized how sweaty it made him because it was, I think it was quite, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think as as long as we stay on top of our privacy concerns, then it's a really nice way to have fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a different vibe for us, but we enjoyed it very much. So that's all for us at the World Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from and come friend us on our FetLife page, which is Rope Podcast. If you have a question related to Rope, we'd love to answer it in one of our future episodes. Drop us a message on FetLife. If you like this podcast and would enjoy more episodes, find all the ways to support us on our website, ropepodcast.com. And in particular, please consider supporting us directly on our Patreon page. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying.